Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. As always, I'm your co-host, Matt Hawkins, joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, world's opening up around you. Uh, how's it out there on the on the Jersey scene? I have a appointment on Thursday to get rid of all this. So, <laughs> so I'm, I might keep the top because I'm, I'm getting positive feedback, uh, except for my training partners. So uh, somebody said to me, uh, I won't say who, but he was like, I didn't know Mexicans had afros. And I was like, yeah, takes a lot of product to keep this mess down. <laughs> so, nice. But uh, you get to go out to restaurants and stuff now? You're finally getting a chance yeah. to get out? Yeah, indoor dining I know is supposed to start soon, but I actually I know we're going to talk about uh the the Vegas event. I watched the starting of it, and then I went out with my same training partners. We went out to dinner to an outdoor place, and it actually felt nice to do something, you know, normal once in a while. You know what I mean? Like like uh, we we stayed as long as we could, and then I, I got home in time for the main and co-main event. But um, whatever uh, action that. You might have seen that I missed. Will likely be playing as we are we're talking because I have it playing here in the background. Uh, and for the video uh, fans, you'll notice I'm back in my kitchen. It's because it's hot as balls in New Jersey, and this area of my apartment is the only one with uh, air conditioning. So, so uh, as long as summer is uh, around in Jersey, background change again. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, so yeah, we had the the UFC event. Um... Like you, we were talking about earlier, I don't, we've lost track of the numbers. UFC Vegas Apex, three, four, whatever. Some somewhere. <laughs> I, in I, I think it was three and four is this weekend, but I mean, I, you know, I, I I feel like like everyone else with this whole situation with the pandemic, we're forgetting days of the week and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this, the numbers are ridiculous anyway. But uh, let's <laughs> just jump to the the fights that that you were able to catch because it sounds like we we're pretty much on the same schedule. I I had them on the background, but I was taking care of some business, so I missed some of the middle of the card stuff. Uh, I didn't get great view of, but uh, really the fight of the night, uh, the fight a lot of people are talking about is the uh, Josh Emmett Shane Burgos co-main event, uh, real firefight, yeah. um, back and forth war. Uh, Emmett picks up the unanimous decision, but uh, and mad injuries apparently. Mad injuries sounds like broken, <laughs> broken bones, torn ligaments. Yeah, uh, not good. But uh, he did pick up a huge win. But uh, it sounds like he, the, like you said, the injuries are gonna put him on the shelf. It sounds like for for a year or so. Um, if it's yeah. if it's yeah, where we're at. I mean, it's definitely um, one of those cases. Like obviously. You know, we do this. We do this podcast on uh, Tuesdays, and I know there was some stink made about the rankings because of the way Burgos dropped. And uh, you know, obviously Emmett deserves to move up and stuff like that. But um, Emmett was knocking media too. I don't know why he was saying that media. I don't know if it was counting him out. I mean, I think I know we did our picks, and I picked Burgos, but it, it was nothing against Emmett. I picked Shane Burgos because I've interviewed him. You know, I know he's uh, he's he's from from out here. You know, he's a New Yorker. Um, so I, I was just being, uh, uh, in my, in my own way, I was being my own little just bleed, uh, Northeast MMA fanboy picking my Northeast guys. But, you know, um, I don't, I never saw people say anything bad about him. 
And I tell you what, man, they're, they're, I know we've said it before. We've interviewed fighters like uh, Jake Smith and stuff that talk about how, I mean, they, they treat their bodies like they're, you know, uh, car parts and stuff. And it's, you know, for the, that fight is a perfect example. I mean, you see him wince to the, to the pain in his knee when his, uh, when his uh, ligaments tore. And I know he's got one tear, one sprain from the injury report that I read. But, I mean, the fact that it only took him 20, 40 seconds to still fire back and, and produce like that, it's, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, it really is. The uh, the best thing about Emmett for me is, again, I've stated this a million times and probably get sick of hearing it, but when fighters take devastating KOs, you, you really don't expect them to come back um, to the level that they were before. It's, it's, a, it's a rarity and usually a, a sign of somebody who could be a, form, a future champion or uh, at least somebody who's going to really make a name for themselves in the sport. And the knockout he took uh, at the hands of Jeremy Stevens uh, in, uh, what was it? basically two years ago uh, was one of the most devastating KOs shattered his face. Uh, I believe it broke his orbital, broke his, his cheekbone. I mean, just crushed, crushed his face, a devastating, brutal knockout Um, to come back from that now and have, uh, you know, two, two decisive finish wins. um, And and then this decision win in a, in a, in a really good, good fight, uh, says a lot about his, his character and his, uh, his ability as a fighter. So, I mean, I think it's great for him. Like you said, I don't, I don't recall anybody ever saying anything bad about the guy. No. When it comes to fight picks, I think, you know, I imagine, you know, when, when you're being picked against, there's, there's some kind of animosity, but you know, most of the time we're wrong. We're right. You know? Uh, so I, I, I mean, that's just it. I mean, people bet in Vegas all the time. I think you got to kind of wipe that off. And, yeah. and I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a chip on his shoulder forever. But if it is a chip on his shoulder um, and, it, and it leads to, to victories, then then that's something he can he can thrive off of. But uh, no, I was just impressed, uh, you know, to get into a firefight like that yeah. um, and come out on top after after the, that knockout, uh, you know, two short years ago. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, like you said, it, it's it's uh, two short years ago, but. I mean, um, you know, fighters can can take something from a loss and do do things about it. I mean, when we look at, I mean, if you look at the at back at UFC 249 and how Justin Gaethje not only got his shot but took advantage of it and it and and won it, the most uh, significant thing about that particular fight was how evolved. I mean, I thought I'd seen everything I could see from Justin Gaethje in his rise at WSOF, and then when he got to the UFC, it's like, okay, you know, maybe that worked there and it's not going to work here, but it kind of worked. It kind of worked in the UFC. And then he goes and does this, uh, you know, takes it to, you know, 2.0, Justin Gaethje because of the two losses he suffered, which were his first two losses ever in his career. So, I mean, it looks like Emmett, uh, it just, you know, some of these guys, they go back to the drawing board and, um, you know, they have to reassess and recoup and then they come back uh, new or stronger or better, which uh, I kind of feel like we should lead into. I mean, um, Max Rostkov, who I know we had Nolan on the podcast last week, and um, you know we we were both talking, praising praising him because we've seen him in his grappling competitions and stuff like that. And I still say the kid is a killer. Um, but obviously, you know, first round was great, second round not so great, and then uh, you know he didn't he didn't make it to the third round. A lot of folks are were you know you had folks that were knocking his corner, knocking the fighter, and it's like you know you on 10 days notice 
there's not much of a plan you can do but i mean i i don't i don't and dana white said something similar too i don't think we should fault the kid for taking a shot i mean i don't know what i mean everyone handles losses differently um but i i know he deleted his twitter uh because i was going to reach out to him and he we were we actually followed each other and uh, he deleted his twitter account so maybe he put it on hold or whatever but it's like you know he i know the body lock uh got a quote from him said he, he, he didn't fault his uh, corner or anyone. So if he doesn't, neither should we. And um, I know there's been a lot of back and forth about who should have done X, Y, and Z. And nine times he said he wanted to quit. But, you know, I mean, you never know what to do. It's not, again, 10 days notice. What type of plan did Drysdale and him really have? You know what I mean? Drysdale pro- was probably trying to be his coach and, and motivating because he thought maybe that's what he should be doing. Uh, on, on the other hand, people are saying that, you know, they, he wasn't listening. Either way, I'm just like you know, that's what the referee and the officiants were there for, and they and they heard him say it. He he voiced it, what he wanted to happen to the official because he's a smart kid, and we got what we got. You know, I just feel like if if the opposite had happened, people would have been complaining that they didn't stop the fight. You know what I mean? It's all it's it's the world is crazy. Yeah, I uh, I don't have any issue with the fighter. Um, took the fight on short notice, went out there. And I, I feel, you know, we don't know the the interactions. Like, we bust each other's balls, and we know not to take stuff personally because we're joking with each other. Now, they're, now, now so I don't know their re- relationship as a coach. And, I mean, maybe it's something where, where Max has an issue of not necessarily quitting, but, you know, some, some people need that motivation from their coaches – Mm-hmm. Uh, more than others. Some people are just natural born killers and, and are ready to literally go out there and die. Some other guys need, need that, you know, instruction to help them run through a brick wall and stuff like that. So I, I'm not going to knock uh, Drysdale too much. I do feel like though, in that situation, from my perspective, I would have a heart and, and the fighter didn't get sent back out for the third round. It was stopped. So we really don't know if Drysdale in the long run would have not allowed him to go out. Maybe it was going to be a situation where he was going to grind it out to the last millisecond and then, and then basically throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know that that's something we'll never know. I just would have a hard time having a friend look me in the eye and say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I don't have it tonight. I'm done. Stop the fight. Stop the fight. Stop the fight. If I sent that person back in there and something catastrophic happened, I'd have a hard time living with myself. So that's the only thing that I, and Drysdale said, I believe said he would do it again. So again, I don't know their, their situation, but I I don't think it's a good look for the sport. Uh, And I think that's why the commission is going to look for it. I think when you have a fighter verbally saying that over and over again, and, and once he's, once he's given that the the inspiration by his coach and he's still saying it, I think there should be a protocol to to end end the fight. Um, We can thank thank Ariel Hawani for making the commission. I know, I know that whole article that came out from ESPN was written by him where he says that he initiated it by contacting, uh, uh, Bob Bennett or whoever, whoever it is out there and, in Nevada. That says something too, that somebody has to even bring it up to somebody. I feel like that's something the commission should already be. They're right there. Isn't yeah. There, I mean, there's a commission guy in that corner. You know, I, again, well, we've, we see fighters all the time go in there and fight fights and finish fights. And, and we've been lucky so far that nothing extremely catastrophic has happened. I just, it, it's, it, it would be, it would be, you know, I don't know. 
and I'm not even getting to the point of, of death or brain damage, but even just broken limbs and ligaments and stuff that's going to sideline somebody for an, you know, an opening fight. I imagine the guy didn't make more than probably ten, twelve thousand dollars for the fight. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if it's the fight that you go out on your shield on. If uh, you know, it's not a world title fight. It's not a number. It's not a fight that's going to change your life per se. I think yeah. he's going to get another opportunity anyway, taking the the fight on short notice. Usually usually they get a chance to, to go and especially with this kind of kickback from this thing, I don't think they'll, they'll cut him. I think he'll certainly get another opportunity, but yeah. Did you, you see, know. I mean, there was a lot of back and forth uh, from last night to early today. I forget what it was. I think it was last night between Luke Thomas and Robin, Robin black, who are both two guys that analyze the sport uh, from a different, different perspectives. They had two different unique takes on it. And they, they were beefing with each other about how, because obviously Robin Black fought, Luke Thomas didn't. But Luke Thomas, you know, he's, he's a martial artist. He does understand skills and stuff like that. Maybe he hasn't felt the pressure and the damage that Robin Black has felt. So they went back and forth, and there was like, they both had their unique takes. So I, I watched them both. But one of the things that Thomas pointed out, as far as like, um, you know, how you said about how uh, it's funny how somebody had to point it out for the commission to look into it. I mean, it, it's because uh, there was nothing as far as like cornering a guy and how, you know, who's who's supposed to have a say in what there were. I think I'm, I don't remember what the words that Thomas used, but check out his video because he does say that he actually did speak with people from different commissions. And there is nothing really uh, there's no language written on how that's supposed to be handled. So in, in a way, this is progress for the sport. As like you said, it's a bad look, but I actually did an interview with uh Sergio De Silva, who fought in Bellator and CES and, and a bunch of uh, places uh, for my MMAnews.com. <clears throat> and we both said, like, you know, MMA is always climbing an uphill battle. So, like you said, it is a bad look for the sport. But again, if you think about all these bad looks MMA has gotten, has led to progress in the long run. So maybe this will be the same thing. No, there's definitely a learning curve. Um, I did see that Twitter back and forth. Um, I don't have a. I'm not going to say which one of the two, but there's one of the two guys I don't have a huge favorable rating for, but, um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I don't take their opinions. Um, I, I, I do, I do feel like Robert Black uh, has a bit of a point as far as getting Robin. back to Robin Black yeah. um, uh, has a point as far as uh, being a fighter and being in that situation. And again, the relationship between the coach and fighter, I think mm -hmm. that plays a huge part in it. So I think that's the one thing that might be kind of getting overlooked a little bit is that relationship mm -hmm. and, and what goes on in practice. And, you know, does like, you know, has that happened in other fights before mm -hmm. where he, where he, you know, the guy was wavering on whether to continue you, to send him out there and picked up a win. That yeah. kind of thing. You, you know, know it's you funny. It's making, I don't know why this just jumped in my head right now. I'm, I'm about to ask you if you remember, I know you fucking remember. Uh, Pride, I forget the Pride event. Luke, uh, Rampage Jackson, when uh, he was with uh, Oyama, and his rib cracked in the middle of the fight, and he fell in the corner, and he he was looking to them for help, and they kept saying "fight, fight, fight." It's what made him l leave that camp. Do you remember that? I don't remember the fight. I do. But... I can't remember who he was fighting though. I, I mean, the the worst beatings he took in were always from Vanderlei and Shogun. I can't think of, uh, but but yeah, I mean. You know, yeah. So I mean, the the reason yeah. I'm bringing it up is because, you know, sometimes certain things have to happen to have the fighter and their coach or slash instructor have the conversation. My instructor, I know, is 
dialed into every single one of his competitors. So, um, you know, he would definitely, he would definitely, he'd be the guy that could look in your eyes and see if you say something, whether or not to try to push you or, or just help you, help you, you know, stop it if you have to. But I mean, again, like you said, the, the relationships are unique and, um, you know, again, like that's me and Nolan didn't talk about Roscoff the way we did last week because, uh, he's not the, he's not, uh, he's not a quitter. You know, he just, he's smart. He's a smart kid. I mean, he, he, he trains with Drysdale. I mean, he's a purple belt under, I think he's purple under Drysdale. So I would, I would think that they do have enough of a relationship that he's dialed in enough to know what would have been the right move. And, and again, the body lock has the quote from uh, Max where he's, he just says like, I don't blame anybody, you know, it, it's fine. And, and uh, I mean, we all should move on from it. So me and you might as well. <laughs> yeah, no, there's that. So, I mean, that was the controversy that came out. Uh, the big fight was, was Emmett Burgos. And then there was the main event, um, which we talked about uh, the three of us last week, mm-hmm. uh, basically all saw blades just taking the takedown and, and basically just holding Volkov down, um, which is what he basically what he did in order to win three, three. And <laughs> yeah, I think rounds. you said that was going to happen too, right? Like, didn't yeah, you, I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. went exactly the, the one thing that I, I mean, maybe, maybe it's optimistic on my part, but the one thing that I kind of took away from it was that Volkov is actually better than I even gave him credit for. Um, I know he lost the fight, but uh, being able to get up and in the later rounds, being able to do some defense against blades yeah. um, actually showed to me at 31 years old, he still has potential to be very, very good in the heavyweight division. If he's able to keep working on that takedown defense, I think he still is a threat. He's still young enough. Um, especially in kind of an old man's division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, so I kind of, to me, his stock didn't really waver. Uh, blades gets, you know, Cormier waxes blades. If that fight gets to the, the, the same situation, I feel like uh, yeah. later in the rounds, cause he's not getting that fifth round I mean, takedown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cormier's pretty adamant about just making Miocic his fight, and that's it. But. No, I get that, but I mean that, that kind. Of, same with Miocic. You're not Blades isn't taking down Miocic, isn't taking down Cormier, isn't taking down you know some of the the better defensive wrestlers um, in the later rounds. From from what I saw in this fight, now he might have underestimated Volkov and thought like most of us, he was going to take him down, split him up with elbows, and the fight would be over by you know, midway through the, the second, third round. So maybe that's kind of what happened. Um, he was breathing heavy, but um, not a super exciting fight. Uh, big win for Blades. Uh, like I said, I just, my takeaway was that Volkov is still a threat. Um, and, and with a little bit of tuning to his, his abilities, I think, uh, I think he's, he's, he's dangerous still at heavyweight. And, and Blades can still beat anybody, but he's going to have trouble in the latter rounds against the we, we, we've got a few viewers watching tonight on, on the uh, video portion of this podcast. I'm wondering if they know that they're missing top-ranked boxing on ESPN. <laughs> no, I, I, there's been a lot of boxing on, though. I, I, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. I wa- actually watched Thursday uh, yeah. a little bit. I watched Thursday a little bit. Yeah, no, it's nice. And I, I watched I, a little bit of Cornhole. <laughs> no, I, 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 I caught some of that, too, the other night. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, Hey, you know, I'll be playing a little it's, bit probably this weekend. I was going to say, it's way more intense than any of the cornhole games that I've played. <laughs> um, 
but uh maybe maybe it's not too late for us to go pro um but anyway I, i'm just saying that because i I'm, I'm i checked twitter and i saw top ranks uh you know some of the results of the top rank event going on right now but um one more one more fight that i wanted to mention uh and get your thoughts on because i know you said we kind of watched did you watch uh jillian robertson uh yes i did see that so that Casey, jillian robertson I thought I thought the the way she finished. I mean, that was a great fight for me to watch. I I, I know there's talk about her and uh, uh, being uh, next in line to face. Um, was that 125? Right, Shevchenko. Did they fight at 125? Yeah, yeah. Shevchenko's 125. Uh... <clears throat> and so is she, right? Let me let me go back and look at the. Uh... I just want to check really quick and see just happened yeah 125 yes yeah so uh it seems like um there's chatter about her being next i mean she she's great on camera she's uh she's looking great in the ring i i don't i don't i don't think i mind that i wouldn't mind if that happened in august september um dana white keeps talking about he's how he's going to have a stacked august uh you know to look forward to so man might be something that we uh that we see. Know. What do you think about that? You think it's? I mean, I mean, she's she she lost the previous fight to this fight. Yeah, in the first round to Macy Barber, which is nothing not, nothing to be ashamed of. But we're I talking just, pandemic matchmaking now, you know? Yo, no, no, I get it. And <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You very well, might be right. Um, I just think she gets smoked by Shevchenko, and that's most of the women, um, right yeah. now. I mean, personally, I'd almost rather see Mackenzie Dern. At least there's the aspect of. If she gets in in a certain world, then the submission's possible. But I, I actually thought you said something else there, but yeah. But uh, I don't know what <laughs> I said. But uh, but I mean that's. But I again because the way you said aspect, I was oh. like, you said Mackenzie Dern and then aspect, but you slow. You said it slow, so I didn't <laughs> know if you were dropping an innuendo or, or. But anyway, we, we don't want to get you in any me, me too troubles. That's that's enough of that. <laughs> oh well, look there. at Paul's here. He, he said he heard it too. <laughs> Paul CD Baca. Hopefully I said that right. I know I, I know. There it is. I think yeah. you got it that time. Um but yeah, I mean I don't know. It, it's possible uh, the the women's divisions um other than in strawweight are all you know 25 35 uh and 45 are all kind of up in the air right now. I don't think they really know what yeah. to do. Jake Sage says the Burgos. Emmett, I mean, I think Jake Sage. He's, he says the Irma Bennett fight should have been Emmett Burgos fight should have been the main event, and I agree with him. Well, I don't, I, I don't. But what I do, what I do think is that Burgos Emmett should have been the main event last week instead of I and Cavillo. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I think. I think that should have been the main event the week before at the same Apex Center and. Same thing there. So, uh, oh yeah, you just reminded me. I, I know. Uh, I have to watch it. it. It was on Father's Day, and I was, of course, with my father on Father's Day. But, uh, um, Jessica, I competed on Sunday at the uh, Submission Underground. I have to go back and watch that. I did not see Submission Underground. I didn't see a lot of chatter about it either. So, yeah, well, it was on Father's Day on a Sunday. I mean, you know, Craig Jones probably beat somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think he was, wasn't he? He was fighting Gabriel Check. Checho or Checo, right? Yeah, so yeah. I imagine. I mean, let's put it this way: if Craig Jones would have lost, I think we would have seen it all over, all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I expect that that match didn't last very long. But uh, oh god, these guys are horrible. Now everybody's messing up, mess, me, cracking on Matt for his uh, 
his views. <laughs> anyway. No, no, no. I, I, I don't have a, a pro- Blades Volkov to me no. was, a, a import, was an important heavyweight bout. And I, I have no problem with it being five rounds. If it, it but uh, we're talking just, about aspects, Matt, not, not the well, fight. We can talk about Mackenzie. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, and those can view. Uh, you can Google view to the hawk's nest. Uh, Metamorris uh, eight, I believe, or seven, where I where I make some comments about Mackenzie Dern. And yeah, there's some photos. So feel anyway. free to check that out. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, that. So that's the event. Um, you're gonna catch up on a couple other fights. Uh, Jim Miller picked up a big win. Um, Jersey, which, yeah, I can't, can't you know, sleep. Tisha Torres picked up a big win. Bobby Green picked up a big win over uh, Clay Guida. Um, Bilal Muhammad picked up a big win, moves to 17 and three. At some point, he's going to have to uh, start to be recognized as as one of the top shelf. His only uh, losses are to Vicente Luque mm-hmm. and Jeff Neal, two two Man. top. You know, Al Joban back in the day, but um, in his last 10 fights, uh, those are his only two losses to two highly ranked uh, competitive fighters. So uh, he's going to have to start to get recognized. Uh, Raquel Pennington picks up a big win. Uh, Lauren Murphy beats Roxanne Modafari. That is actually a fight that I missed. Um, but, uh, you know, not a bad night. It ended kind of slow because of the decisions, uh, but Emmett Burgos. <laughs> kept kept you awake and yeah. allowed you at least to get to the main event. Enough adrenaline to to get to through that main event too. I mean, like again, I'm not gonna knock. I know Dana White was uh, hard on on the way Blades uh, won his fight, but I mean, if that, that if that's how you get the W, that's how you get it, you know. And like you yeah. said, Volkov is no slouch. It's not like he's you know no I mean? no slouch. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do just to to pick up yeah. the, the victory. So I don't. Yeah, I don't have any. To me, neither of their stock really dropped. I just feel like Blades needs to work on his cardio um, if he gets into a, into a tough battle with some of the, the better defensive wrestlers. In yeah. And we have another, we still have another Vegas. So Vegas four this weekend. Uh, I feel like this card's not as uh, it's better than what we got. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Let me, no, it's, uh, it's, it's got, it's definitely got some bangers on it. Um, this well, is the, I'll, the I'll main, event, so folks the main event that was scheduled initially for uh, the middle of uh, May. Uh, in uh, in San Diego, so uh, this one kind of hurts that this event I was supposed to be going to, um, at least the main event. Uh, Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker, uh, Hooker coming off a controversial win over uh, Paul Felder, uh, Dustin Poirier, the former uh, interim champion, and uh, coming off of his title loss to Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, two of the more exciting lightweights. Uh, I, I I thought Felder beat Hooker in the last fight. Uh, I feel like Poirier is a little bit more of a refined fighter at this point. Uh, so I'll go with Poirier in a stand-up uh, boxing match, you know, uh, decision win. I do think it'll be close. I think Hooker will have his moments. Uh, but I'm going to go with Poirier. I think he's just a little bit better right now. Um, and a little bit more conf. I think he's. I think he's pretty. I think he knows where he stands now, especially after fighting the best in the division. And uh, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll be able to hold his ground here and, and pick up a decision win. Yeah, he's definitely evolved a lot. Um, you know, for, former where well, he had the interim title right when he fought Khabib's, and uh-huh. yes. so yeah, so he's definitely evolved a lot. It, I, it, that's one of the reasons I think Connor never said yes to a rematch with him when, especially when he was on the rise. Uh, you know, I, um, yeah. And that's another good point that Paul is bringing up, uh, which I, 
Paul, nice eye with the weight uh, notes because uh, yeah, I think you did that last week or the week before too. Um, but yeah, uh, Dan Hooker, the 145er. And uh, so Poirier, I guess, is the bigger guy here. Does it say that on here that they're... Well, Poirier spent chunk of his career at 145 oh, too. Hooker's got a bigger reach, a longer reach, and he's taller. So, hey, maybe maybe not so bad for Hooker. But I'm, trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm still going with Poirier just because... Um, just because I, I, from what I've seen from both of them, like you said, I just feel like uh, Poirier's, uh he's got better hands, and uh, I don't want to say more, a more well-rounded fighter because that's cliche, but you know, I, I just think he's, I, I think he wants a, 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 retu- a strong return too, especially with everything going on. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I just, I, do, I don't remember Hooker really fighting at one forty-five. It looks like we go back. Shoot. Uh, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This will be like his. his he hasn't fought at, at, fe, at uh, featherweight since for like the last ten fights. So that's a. Uh, I think that's a US, more of a UFC. Um, dot com uh, <laughs> <laughs> mistake, but uh, yeah, it, it's. It looks like yeah, he, he's he's made a run. And, and keep in mind that Dan Hooker has some huge wins: Felder, Iakenta, uh, Gilbert Burns. Uh, Jim Miller, uh, just to name a few. So, uh, so no joke, and it's, it's. I think this is going to be a fight of the year candidate fight, but I just see it. Yeah, out. yeah, I agree with you. Talking about fight of the year candidates, what do we think of this one? This matchup. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, what do I think? I think Mike Perry's going to smash him. You do? I, I, yeah, I, I I haven't been all that impressed with Mickey Gall. Mm. Um. I, I just haven't been. I feel like uh, he made his name. He made his name off of fighting uh, CM Punk. Which, uh, let's put it this way: if you would have fought CM Punk, you'd be one to know in the UFC, Ed. So, uh, but that's that's <laughs> different. That's a whole different thing. I mean, I don't like knocking CM Punk because you know I, I still give him credit for not only being a fan and you know taking a they gave him a chance and he took it. Like, I, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, it's, yeah, not, I don't. it's not a knock he's on. Still, him. He still I, put him through himself through the ringer and all that. So. No, no. I, I, I honestly have... think that the. I mean, if we, if we're going to talk about CM Punk, I think the the UFC didn't didn't keep their word in matching him to someone as equal. You know, he's he. I think both his opponents that he lost to were younger, and definitely had more training than he. I mean, I think he just he got his blue belt just when that happened, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I I don't think I don't I don't I don't like to. I, I know folks. Have fun not ragging on CM Punk for his MMA uh, run, but I'm not going to rag on him. No, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it's not a, a personal. Not. It's just <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think Gall is as. Uh, I just don't. I'm not sold on him. Uh, I think Mike Perry won't get submitted, and I think he'll hurt Gall. Um, it, it's just the way I see it happening. I mean, oh, we got um, a question from Paul. He wants to know about the Darren Till and Mike <laughs> trolling Mike Perry. I mean, it's hard not to love. It's hard not to love trolling. You know, the internet. The internet has made uh, itself famous off of trolls. There's famous trolls, um, but that whole thing. I mean, especially when you. I don't know if you saw Michael Bisping's podcast where Darren Till kind of explains his side of it. Um, it is pretty funny to see uh, everything that happened. But I, I don't know, man. I. I uh, it's funny, but you know, like it's also. You know, it looks like it's a misunderstanding too, 
and and Mike Perry seems to be having his own issues outside of the cage that uh maybe he's not maybe he's either overly sensitive or he's just not seeing the uh because they were hanging out way back when back when they were on the same card uh in London or wherever it was so I I don't I don't I mean uh it's a funny story if you haven't checked it out uh it's like last week or the week before believe you me uh podcast that Michael Bisping does that he explains the whole thing on and the 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 his side of the story just makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just trolling. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Mike. I'm not a big fan of Mike Perry. I just. I just think he wins this fight. I don't know if his whole act seems a little strange to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's real. I don't know what's wrestling. <laughs> you know, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, I mean. The at least I hope thing, I hope some of it's pro wrestling because if some I, of it's I not pro wrestling, it. the guy is the guy's uh, yeah. I, I saw he see. held up uh, um, his uh, his new girlfriend's credential that she's in his corner as his corner man, and I know folks are are so f- he put up that picture of his busted up knuckles and his forehead uh, earlier in the week or at the end of last week, mm-hmm. and then and now I mean it looks like uh, she's going to be. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it looks like she's going to be his uh his corner. I don't, I don't know what her experience is or what type of training it is. I mean, I know his, I mean his the the platinum princess actually did have some training. I mean, she competed in submission on the ground, made it into overtime. So it means she doesn't suck. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mike is insane and should be into. Paul says he should be, be institutionalized. I mean, I don't. Listen, I I think he's fun. You know, he says he. I think there's some things he says that are funny. There's some things that he says that are that are concerning. Um, you know, maybe he's maybe not. He's not playing with a full deck, but uh, you know, I'm I'm also someone that doesn't like to take. I've learned not to take everything. Uh, you know, I see especially in the sports world to to heart and, and online social media. So uh, I, back to the trolling thing. I feel like that's what Mike Perry might might need to do. But again, this could all be to drum up you know, future fights and stuff too. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see what happens. I mean, are you, are you taking Mickey Gall in this? Oh fight? yeah. He's from Jersey. Why, why wouldn't I? Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm yeah. okay. With, I'm okay with I know. That. I know. I'm, yeah. I know. I know that's not always a smart way to, to make a pick or whatever, but like you said, we don't really know. It will fight night is when we know. <laughs> no, one of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, I got to uh, make you go by submission because he's he's uh he's an ectomorph and uh you know I I think his his grappling might be a little bit of a problem for Perry, but I mean Perry absolutely possesses the power to drop him early. But if it doesn't happen early, then I think uh I think Gall can can uh you know work him. Yeah. Now. Uh... I agree. Uh, I mean, I think it could happen, but I, I just think I think early Perry hurts him and, and throws. Yo, why they, is it? Why they got this guy in black and white? Is this guy in black and white, or is he just really pale? No, I, I I'd say that that's black and white. <laughs> got to be careful nowadays how I say that, but um, yeah. no, uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I. He's undefeated. I don't know anything about him though. Is this another? Yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't seen any uh, Brandon Allen. I've seen fight, but I haven't seen. Kyle, I'll have to look into him. <laughs> hey, know, I mean, at least they pulled a photo for him. Max, he got, had that silhouette. They didn't. Even... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, 
there's that. That's the other main card fight. The other, and then you got uh, Murray Screen, the crochet boss uh, against uh, John Vellante. Uh, kind of a just a heavyweight uh, token fight uh, throwing in there. To be honest, uh, I don't I, know. I mean, I, Vellante's so hit and miss. I think he's two and six or two and yeah. five in his last handful of fights. Uh, I, I'm just saying for a main card fight. I mean. Maurice Green's hit or miss as well. Uh, as long as in a striking fight, this could actually be a, a fun fight to watch. So mm-hmm. uh, it, the matchup wise, it, it actually makes some sense. Uh, yeah, I hope. I I mean, you know, I got again. I'm going. I'm going regional with uh, Volante, but you know, I I hope he can pick up a W on on in Vegas. You know, he's a pretty durable guy from what I, from the fights I have seen him fight. I know he's funny as hell when he hangs out with uh, Chris Weidman. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I mean, all yeah. He seems like a good dude, and, and yeah. he's been around a long time. So yeah. uh, it's just he seems like uh, I, it, this. I'm just surprised it's the main card fight. I know it's fight night, fight Vegas, fight Apex, whatever the hell we're calling it. But um, it's the, like the fight the right before this, the Luis Pena, uh, comma worthy fight to me is a better fight. Um, will we'll, means a little more and, and potentially could be a more exciting fight. Um, Where you say, is that? Is that on the main card? No, it's the there's only four fight main card listed right now on Tapology, and oh. it looks like there as well. Or no, you got five. You get a Sean Woodson. See, they have they don't have okay. So the fight order uh, uh, on the website I'm looking at uh, has that fight as an early prelim. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but that's seven and zero oh, Woodson. Yeah, um, I, I think when we look at the correctness, Tapology is usually more correct than generally. That's the case. We, but they don't we use this for visual. You know, it's visually pleasing for the yeah no they do a good job with their graphics but they're just usually wrong um jin yun fry uh uh see that top yeah female invicta fighters she get comes in against Kay hansen uh now the youngest female on the roster um two i mean they've been staples in invicta they got signed basically for the fight this week so uh that's one i'm looking forward to oh wow they uh, they gave him there you go double silhouette (laughs) <laughs> and they and, use dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always interesting. With, debut, with, debut. With, yeah, I guess strong so. effort. That might be the strongest <laughs> effort we've seen so far. Let's not even bother with any kind of stats. Yeah. Or, at least they put Listen, their names in there. They just didn't have Schmo can, one and Schmo two. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can tell you I can tell you, I mean, you know, I know you can tell that folks too. Anyone that's watching Victor and seeing these ladies go at it, I mean, this is this is this is a good fight. My only concern is how short notice it is because they like signed them today or yesterday or something like that. Uh-huh. So I mean, again, all the most of these fighters have been prepping and staying ready, but you know, when it comes to, I mean, I don't mean to to bring back Max Roscoff again, but you know, ten days notice, I mean, came out strong, seemed calm, and then. You know, I don't know. He probably had an adrenaline dump or something because, uh, you know, I'm here, here I am in the UFC and this is my chance and stuff like that. And this is their UFC debut. Um, I know uh, Fry. Uh, did she? I know she had some some issues making weight in the past, right? One of her last fights in Invicta. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I can't recall which fight. So um, I hope that's not something that happens on. With the, because of the short notice, because she's definitely that was definitely something. And again, I'm not bringing it up to knock her. It was it was definitely something that was freakish and rare for for her to to even do. If you 
just check out her instagram i mean she is she's she's built like a superhero and uh you know Kay hansen obviously uh coming in with um with a great uh with a great record too i mean the the, the girls coming out of invicta you, you most of them you see in the ufc and they don't and they stay for a while so um i'm looking forward to that one a lot yeah no i think that i mean even that one could be a main card fight for me uh Chance mm-hmm. is young, exciting. Both these girls put on exciting fights. Uh, I think Invicta does have some events uh, scheduled for early to middle July, if I remember July, correctly. Yeah. So perhaps these girls were already uh, in yeah. preparation to fight on that card. I- I'm assuming that th- they didn't just pull two people that had no plans to fight. Um, but again, I could be wrong. So uh, we didn't really get that kind of wraps up our UFC stuff. I uh, just wanted to get into something last week. Uh, you know, we see Invicta's got some fights scheduled. LFA's got three or four events now scheduled for July. Are you worried about Bellator? I got to be honest. I'm a little bit worried about him. I, I'm not worried. I think what's happening, um, I think the the silence or lack of news that we're seeing is obviously because of the last things that we heard were because since 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 they want to play by the so it's two things it's obviously this pandemic bullshit and you know waiting on commissions and seeing what they can we can and can't do and where they can do it but i think the other thing that we're not seeing and we, and we have discussed it on this podcast but we don't see too much news on it i wrote a couple of articles about it over at mmanews.com but <clears throat> i think where we're going to see bellator is why we're not seeing much so you know they're doing stuff on CBS Sports. We know Espinosa uh, talked about putting Bellator on Showtime or Showbox or whatever the combat sports stuff he has on Showtime there. If you've been watching, um, <clears throat> we talked about Luke Thomas, uh, who does uh, stuff for show to under the Showtime banner, CBS or whatever it is. Um, and they have uh, he does the morning combat with that other uh, ball bag from CBS. I forget his name. Brian Campbell, I think is. And and they've been doing uh like like uh, beer and brawls Friday nights, and they're showing old Strike Force events or whatever whatever Showtime used to show. They're showing them there, which was pretty much what Bellator kind of is now. So I feel like there's things going on because the zone might might be folding or whatever the hell is happening. I know Eddie Hearn's doing this thing with boxing, but I know you know as far as uh, where they're where we're going to be able to see fights. Espinoza made it clear that once the, the the deal with the zone is over, he's going to take over and feature those somewhere else. So I think maybe things are changing or moving along faster because of everything going on. So I'm not worried. I just think uh, the only thing I'm worried about is if my cable package will allow me to still see Bellator fights. Because uh, as you know, I've had a uh, you know I'm still go- I, I still had to go to bars to watch Bellators, and I can't even go to bars now because of this jackass pandemic so yeah yeah i just the silence is just strange to me maybe you're right maybe there's gonna be kind of a complete rebranding and all that stuff um Mm. i uh you have uh any thoughts on jorge masvidal's uh situation i think think we talked about that last week a little bit with nolan king i i think a lot of it i think i think a lot of the situation with a lot of these big name fighters is kind of just talk to keep their name in the news with no actual with no actual intent to have these high name profile fighters fighting in front of no crowd. I think the Masvidal's, the McGregor's, uh, like I said, I was surprised by the Miosic Cormier fight coming out. Um, 
but it also wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden we start hearing rumors of crowds towards the end of the year and all of a sudden one of them comes up with a with a you know weak ankle and, and the fight has to be postponed um i i just i feel like these names are a waste to have fight in, a, in an empty crowd when you're talking tens of millions of dollars that could be uh created um, with with the name value that they have fighting so that's about it i do find it interesting that they've already pulled cejudo's name from the uh the rankings he retired they stripped his belts um mcgregor retires and <laughs> and uh, his name i mean he yeah. didn't fight for three years and his name never left the rankings so yeah gilbert um, burns actually just said that today i think he said well why are you leaving mcgregor up there yeah i mean you it's know. it's a, it's clearly the uh, a bias and and we all understand why it's just uh, it's just a weird weird dynamic that MMA seems to have over over other sports where they're they're almost not secure enough to be able to live by the same set of rules. Um, uh, yeah, and Paul says he understands the point about saving the big guys for events with crowds. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just going to be something that's going to unfold. Uh, I think we're going to end up getting these fight island fights that we've talked about, kind of mix and match stuff. Yeah, just to, it- just to keep some cards full, but. Um, I think the big names, they're going to wait it out as long yeah. as they And we definitely play. talked about that too, Paul, if you want to, uh, and folks that, that didn't watch last week's or listen to last week's episode, check it out because we had uh, Nolan King who works for MMA Junkie and Flo, he used to work for Flow and Combat, stuff like that. On uh, He's been on the podcast before, but we definitely talked at length about, uh, what did I call it? Pandemic matchmaking and uh-huh. stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, the, I guess uh, you know the best news for me right now is that we're gonna st- we're starting to see other events pop up. Like I said, Invicta, LFA, Combate Medicas, yeah, Combate. They just yeah, Cam- announced- Campbell McLaren followed me on Twitter out of nowhere. <laughs> I didn't even follow the guy. I, you know, I don't. Know, I bash him a little bit on here, and he follows me. So uh, no, Campbell's a good dude, man. I mean, uh, he's <laughs> a little crazy, but he uh, we 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 could probably try to get him on here, maybe if. Uh, um, I don't say anything too bad about yeah. the guy. No, I want it But the thing is, uh, so Combate announced today that they're looking to to come back uh, with uh, consecutive Fridays starting August twenty eighth, um, and uh, uh, again, it's going to be broadcast in five different places. We never. That's my. I think I've said that on this podcast before. My one problem with Combate is that they keep changing. I'm losing track of where I can watch their events. You know what I mean? Um, but. Uh, there's, they they announced one fight and uh but they're gonna do same as everyone else closed off it's supposed to be at a closed off set from Miami but I mean you're hearing about these spikes in Florida and so uh, maybe that's why they didn't only announce the one fight but they do have a place to do them from for August 28th and then the two Fridays after that so like you said it's nice to see uh, LFA has uh, three events booked for three or four events booked for July right. At least three, but it might be yeah. every weekend. Um, yeah, at least, yeah. At least three. The tenth, the seventeenth, and the twenty fourth for sure. I don't know if there. I doubt there's one July third, so it's probably the three. Yeah, and then um, what else is uh? So LFA Invicta, we already talked about LFA Combate. Put their news out today, so I, I see KSW, why. I think KSW has an event coming up. I think yeah, I saw yeah, that and talked about. Yeah, I, I, and that was one that was on the zone too. So I mean, maybe I mean, who knows. We'll see what happens with the zone, but um, yeah, and 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 top rank boxing is back. Uh, so. That's why now, now like you, I think you were gonna say that's why my concern about Bellator. Yeah, it just it seems so quiet, and you know there was some rumors about their issues almost before this kind of hit about 
you know, we talked about Ryzen a lot. Um, and we see one of their Grand Prix champions saying he hasn't been paid for his Grand Prix win. Uh, and, and we saw, uh, you know, we saw one of their other champs leave to sign with the UFC. Mm. Uh, so I, I, you know, they, that's Japanese MMA. They're, they're always on the rocks. I just, the Bellator <laughs> thing scares me a little bit and, and being such a huge fan of that organization, I'd hate to, you know, see something like this happen. I, I, I just feel like if, I mean, I don't know if I'm zone and I have Bellator under contract, I'm like, why aren't we putting out events? Right. You have nobody watching zone. Like if you're on zone, aren't you going like, dude, we'll give well, you an empty shed somewhere with a cage, but let's start, let's start. If UFC's producing shows, why aren't we doing it for zone? We have no content to show. Well, what's going on with California? You know what? I mean, uh, I'm asking and I know the answer. Actually, we, he, uh, Daniel Zaldivar who has been on this podcast. He has his boxing podcast and he's had the California commission guy on a few times um, talking about uh, moving forward with events and waiting for the health protocols and stuff like that. So I know some people are waiting, but I mean, you make a good point too, man. I mean, when top rank is back, they're doing stuff in Vegas. Um, is that, is there, is there anything local combat sports wise going on out by you? Cause I no, know that I, I would, I would, I know that's where Bellator I would, likes I wouldn't to, try it. I wouldn't even try to get going to California. Mm. California is just not the state that I would fight it for right now. They've had shows in Texas. They've had shows in Florida before. I mean, I would I would jump right on the Jacksonville Arena, the same one that that UFC used. If you have to, yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think they could probably pull it off in California, but it, you're just going to have more hoops to jump through, and you're always going to have somebody trying to to sh- take you down at, at the back end. Mm. Um, and that might even be with legal shows. Who knows what the hell the politics are out here? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it, it, maybe it's a logistical issue because of all that, and they they could just can't secure a spot that they could use. You know, like like Dana White even said, once Fight Island is over, it's back to the apex because he doesn't want to dick around anymore. He's actually worried, concerned about a another shutdown coming. So, I mean, man, I, I, mean, I, I, I get it all. I just to, it, it just seems so easy for. I mean, keep in mind also, Bellator has a lot of fighters they don't pay a lot of money to. You could almost be having like Bellator contender series stuff. I mean, stuff where you're, you're not, it's not costing you a lot of money. You're not paying the pit bulls and the you're not paying the hundreds of thousand dollars. You're not paying Cyborg. You really could almost be creating, you know, contenders right now or through like a challenger series. But again, you got to have a location. It just seems to me, if I'm to zone, I'm going, dude, we'll find you a place. How yeah. much money, you know, we, cause. Well, I mean, but, but there's been news out. I mean, uh, about the zones already lost a lot of money because of this thing. Um, and, and folks, I mean, want to sh- kind of shake free of whatever they had locked in with them, you know, so maybe they can't do it. I know Eddie, if, if you, Eddie Hearn says differently, but you know, Again, when it comes to, like, as we've said a lot on this podcast before, when it comes to how money moves through these organizations, we never really know the full story anyway. Oh, I mean, look, right. we, we talked about it last week, too. Like, like why, uh, again, with uh, Paul's question about Masvidal, and we talked about it last week, you know, if, if you don't have the money to pay these big names what they want just to fight with no fans, then uh, why do you have money for private airlines and islands and infrastructure and stuff like that so it's it's a lot of there's still a lot of questions out there i mean so uh, i one thing dana white does say too is that it's expensive and uh again i mean you know bellator is owned by viacom who i don't i don't know how many sports outside of the stuff on showtime is like something they're really invested in so maybe scott coker is just playing it safe he's like he doesn't want you know he doesn't want to just say hey can we do this and 
they say, you know what, we got to drop your whole thing. You know, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot of that. I just, right. it just the silence. I would, it, it, for me, I, it would be comforting to see uh, Coker or something send something out and say, hey, we're still here. We still exist, you know. Well, then, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't even, I, I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a Scott Coker tweet, you know, or and, and I'm sure maybe he is, but uh, that kind of thing, you know. I don't it, even see Bellator fighters really. There be much communication online. Maybe I don't. I'm not following the right people, but um, you know, I'm not seeing any of these guys going, "Hey, you know." good news on the horizon, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where I'm seeing that with a lot of the, the smaller organizations now and, and UFC fighters and guys getting moved to the UFC and uh, the contender series is already, it, it, did I, did I see that right? That Nolan was uh, tweeting out that there was a contender series on August 4th. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're supposed to do something. He's put out a couple of pieces already since he's uh, been back off of furlough this week. I mean, he's, he was raring to go. So, uh, you'd have to check out his his most recent postings. I didn't I didn't get to read them because I I I had a my interview with Sergio uh, that's on my MMA news. I did that Thursday or Friday, and it's probably the longest. It's, it could be its own podcast. It's like oh, it's a little over a half an hour. Um, but he had a lot to say. Obviously, if you know about Sergio da Silva's history, he's he's coming back to fight, and couldn't we couldn't really talk about uh, the wheres uh, as much as the whens. But, um, you know, it, it, I uh, interact with him a lot and he trusted me. He trusted me to do a, a give him a good interview. And, and we actually did. A, uh, we talked about pandemic and the pandemic situation, how it hits uh, us jujitsu folks and people folks coaching and then getting back into fighting and everything else he's been through. So um, if you haven't checked that out, that's over at MiamiMMAnews.com. Um, but, yeah, uh, and it'll be on this. The video version will be on this YouTube channel uh, probably today's tuesday so probably thursday so yeah so check out that interview um fans can follow us at combat hour on twitter coast to coast combat hour on instagram follow me matt hawkins at mma hawk 21 on twitter and instagram follow ed at carbizal on twitter carbizal on instagram and uh, follow us uh, on one of our, our sponsor website. Uh, visit All Access MMA at www.allaccessmma.com uh, for a podcast uh, and for uh, for news. So uh, check them out and, uh, you know, action picking up. Hopefully pick up some more stuff for this podcast and, and keep bringing some uh, and bring some cool interviews uh, in the next few weeks uh, if all goes to plan. So have oh, a yeah. good rest of the week, Ed. Um, Hopefully I survive camping. Uh, you going camping beer. again? Oh, I'm going camping again. I'm 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 beer pong defending beer pong champion. Uh, might is have that, to. Uh, is that going to be uh, on ESPN nine against uh, cornhole and stuff? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> if I uh, you know gotta gotta keep up my defense. If I uh, if I'm able to to rain for a few more uh, trips, then then perhaps I can uh, I can bring it to the the producers. But um, yeah. Hopefully survive that. Hopefully pick up enough reception to watch the Poirier Hooker fight. Yeah. And uh and we uh we convene against next week. So have a good All rest right. of the weekend. You too, man. Peace. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. 
If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.